everyone. Well, let's thank our worship team today. And also, those with the dedication. Wasn't that great? Today, we loved it, seeing the families with their children. Well, I've got the privilege now of speaking to you for about 25 minutes of how to bring your kids up, uh, make sure they're serving Jesus, and they're really good at home. I mean, what a task that I've got in 25 minutes. So let me just tell you, I, am, I have got children, so that helps. Um, so I've got three grown-up kids, got four grandkids. So I have a little bit of experience, but I want to tell you, it's not an easy job, is it? Come on, speak to me. It's not an easy job. What a task that we've been given to do. But I want to just um, read to you. I'm not going to read the passage to you, but if we've got the passage that I asked to be put on there, um, we can see it from Luke's Gospel, um, some of Jesus' dedication. And I want to take you through some of the words which are religious words, but I want to make it quite easy for us to understand um, of, to help us navigate to do our best with our children. You know, you can do all the things that you need to do as a Christian, as a follower of Christ with your kids, but at the end of it, there is no guarantee that when they leave your hands, they are going to work out exactly what you've expected. Come on, say amen with me. I want to help us with, with reality today because there is no perfect family, there is no perfect parents, and there is no perfect children. And so all the input that you can put in into your children's life is that with the grace of God and with all that you've done, hopefully they will turn out to be a blessing to you and also to the people that is in their life. But in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, the whole story of Jesus and Mary and Joseph taking their baby to be dedicated, as we've talked about earlier on. I want you to read this uh, another time um, but I want to just talk to you through some of the words that's in there. As you can see, I'm not going to read it for, the, for time's sake. But in there, there's words like purification, consecration, circumcision. All these words are religious words. But how does that apply to parenting with our children? And, um, and I want to say to you that if you haven't got children, some of these principles can actually apply to your life in whatever area that you live in to make your life effective to actually serve God and to be a great witness for Jesus. So the first thing is I want to talk to you about that. They went at a time of purification. So what does that, what's that got to do with us? What does that mean for us? Well, you know, when, the, when Mary gave birth to Jesus, 40 days that, after that, it says that she, at the end of that time, because it was known to be unclean in that, in that um, childbearing, she would have to go to the temple and she would need to make a sacrifice to be cleansed. So I want to start by saying very clearly as parents that we, you know, the, the purification bit is simply, as parents, we can't do it without God. You cannot bring your kids up in the way that, that God wants them to be without him. So it means for me that she was reliant on God doing something for her to enable the process before the dedication of the child. I want to say to us today that every one of us as parents, 
we need to be connected more to God than ever if we're going to actually give benefit to our children. The responsibility, first of all, is not so much to your child, but your responsibility and my responsibility is to get connected to God, to lean in his strength, to, to understand that we are his children and that he is our father. And there are times in parenting that we haven't got a clue what we're doing and we need help ourselves. And so we have to lean into God, our Father, and say to him, Lord, I need your wisdom. I need your strength. I need, need to know what to do in this situation. So getting connected to God, firstly, is our priority as parents. We have to begin to walk with the Lord, to, to lean on his wisdom, his strength, because we are children ourselves, and there are many times that we are stumped to know what to do in parenting, even though you've done a parenting class. Secondly, thing, second thing you need to know is that, that Mary and Joseph needed to sacrifice because of purification. I want to say to you right now in this place, no matter how much you sing the songs today, no matter how much you read your Bible, you still need forgiveness of sins because you make mistakes as parents. Everyone in this room, if you have got kids, you'll look at your life and you go, yep, I could have done better there. I could have done better there. And I'll tell you what, if you've got kids and you're, you're rearing them now, in two weeks' time, you will say, I could have done better there. So every one of us, as parents, needs continual purification of our mistakes. It helps me to know that because as a parent, I get it wrong. And the thing is, there's so much pressure, maybe in the Christian circle, that you've got to be such a, uh, you know, such amazing parents that you know you are perfect. But I want to tell you, you make mistakes, and you need reliance on God, and you need every day to come to Him to know that you can be forgiven, that you can be um, give a brand new start of your mistakes as a parent, and that it just tells us that we haven't got it all together. I cannot stand up here as a pastor for 30 years with three kids, four grandchildren, and to say that we are the perfect role models. We've done our best, and with the grace of God, they've turned out okay, and we're very proud of them. But I want to tell you, on that journey of parenting, we both made mistakes, and we've actually had to go sometimes to our kids and say, we're really sorry for how we acted there. Please forgive us. There's nothing wrong with humility and helping your children see the reality of the task of parenting. So Mary, first of all, had to get connected to God with Joseph. They needed God, and they also needed purification. They also needed to know that when they mess up, that God the Father is always there to give us a brand new start. And I bet some of you in here are saying, thank God for that. Because all of a sudden you put pressure on yourself that you cannot keep as a parent. Every one of us could have done better as parenting. Our parents could have done better with us somewhere along the line. And so Hebrews 4 says, For we do not have a high priest who was unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one, Jesus, who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he was without sin. And then it tells us in verse 16, Let us then approach the throne of grace so we can find mercy and grace at the time of need. I want to tell you the first thing that you've got to know as parents, that you cannot let go of your connection with God and the need for him to help you, to cleanse you, to give you a brand new start in your life. I want to pause for a second. If you're a parent in this place, if you're a parent online, and you know that you've maybe messed up in your life with your kids. 
The Bible says that if you confess your sins, that he, our Father, is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. No one needs to leave here guilty of making a mess with our family because we can have a brand new start today and we can begin to build a better tomorrow with our family. No matter how far we are away from our kids, no matter what we have done, we can, we can change with the grace of God to be a better parent for their future. So I want to just release all of you today. You're thinking, you know, I'm leaving here, not a great parent. I want to tell you, God can cleanse you afresh today. He can give you a brand new start today where condemnation will be lifted off you and, and the shame of not being what you should be can be lifted from your life and the life of regret can be changed because God has a purpose for our lives. The second thing, first of all, is purification. Let me tell you, we need God to be great parents. We need to be forgiven ourselves and cleansed ourselves. That makes it easier to be better, for, easier on our kids when they make mistakes. Amen? You have to remember that you need the grace of God, and so you better be good to your kids and give them the grace of God. The second thing was um, consecration. What does that mean? As Ryan talked about dedicating their child, giving their child to God. Do you know something? I want to let you know that, you know, when you say they're my children, let me tell you, they're God's kids before they're yours. In fact, God gave you your child to steward for him. All good gifts are from heaven, and your child is given to you by the Lord to steward, just like your finances, just like your gifts, just like your marriage, just like everything that you have in your life. God has given you your children for you to manage and steward. And one day, you are going to present them back to God. And the time that we've got them, because there's no guarantees, while they're in our hands, we have to do our best, hard work, tears, laughter. And with the grace of God, we hope that when they leave our hands, they'll be better off in this big world. And so the second thing is that we need to know is that our children belong to God first. And so when we are praying for our children, you know, I see some parents drive their kids because you want what you want for their life. And, and, and actually, because they're my kids and they will do what I want them to do, they'll be that person and that career, so it will benefit me. Let me tell you, they're God's kids, and God's got a gift in their life, and as a parent, your role is to find out what God's grace is upon that child, so you can help that flourish, and then flourish into their future. So many kids are so miserable, and so no joy in their life, because they're driven by their parents wanting to be a career where they're not even gifted, or even dream about. So our role as parents, is constantly saying, God, what have you got? for our children? What, what grace, what personality, what is their dreams? And we find that, our job is then to fan that into flame and help them flow into their future. Do not try and control your child to do what you want them to do to benefit your own personal selfishness. You need to get hold of your child and begin to breathe and encourage them what their desires are and dreams are. And then when we find out that is their gift and their strength, then we need to put all our heart to help them do that. We've never forced our kids to go into Christian ministry. Now, we've always encouraged them to know Jesus, but we've never, we've never forced them to become pastors. Never. In fact, when my two kids, my two oldest kids, now Rebecca is a pastor of a church in Luton, and Jason, my youngest, is a pastor of a church in Sheffield, when they came to me and said, oh, we want to go into the ministry, I said, no, you don't. No, you don't. Now, you'll be thinking, why are you discouraging? Because let me tell you, ministry is not easy to be a pastor. And so I said, no, you don't, because I wanted to make sure it wasn't something that they, they were trying to please us with, or was it actually God's will for their life to actually fulfill their future? Once 
I tried to talk them out of it, and I knew I couldn't. And it was definitely what God wanted for them with their gift and what others said. Then we used all our ability to encourage them and stir them up and support them in whatever way we could to fan that gift and that desire for their future. If they would have come back to us, our oldest son is not in the ministry, but his heart is into business, we will give the same passion and, and, and support to that for them because that's where he f- uh, flourishes. And so we would never try and say, oh, you're not doing the right thing because you're not in the ministry. And so I want to encourage you, consecration is that we've been given our children so we can manage them to fan into flame and to train up a child in the way they should go, not the way you think they should go. Now, there is actually guidance from our, from our wisdom, and I'll talk about that in a second. But consecration means that we give our children to the Lord. Because let me tell you, one day they will leave you, whether you like it or not. You have them for a season. One day they'll go, bye, mum and dad. In fact, you know, as they get older and older, they start to leave you and don't want to be around you anymore. Anybody experience that? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to come with you, dad, anymore. Why not? Well, you know, you need to get a bit more trendy and I might, I might come with you. But let me tell you, your kids will leave you one day. And the thing is this, is what have you put into their lives while they're with you? Because you are stewards of your children. And the third thing is circumcision. You know, they they watched their baby be circumcised in the temple. Do you know that was very painful for their mum and dad to see their child cry like that in pain? I want to tell you something as parents. You know, there is painful times as parents when you have to sometimes see your kids go through the pain of the, of, the, of the discipline or boundaries that you put in their life. I'm not talking about being harsh with them. I'm not talking about beating them, but I'm talking about putting boundaries and discipline and advice so your kids don't get damaged with the wisdom you've experienced yourself. And sometimes when you say no to your children, it hurts you more than them. And they cry because you want to let them have their own way. And it hurts you because you want to give them that thing. But you know if you do, it will hurt them. And that's like circumcision. It, it cutting you. And you just wish that you could make them happy and not cry anymore. But I want to tell you as parents, there is times where you've got to be strong in, in your own heart, knowing if you say yes to or permission things that your kids want, it could harm them down the road. And later on, it will hurt you more than you would if you would say no now. So there are certain things in our, in our lives as our kids when they go, can we do this and can we do that? And I knew that if they did that, they would get hurt because they weren't, they weren't ready yet to handle that situation. And we would go, I'm sorry, you, it's not time yet. You can't do that. And they would throw a tantrum and they would cry and it hurt us. And you know, you're bad parents and you, they would say all kind of things that would get our hearts to, to make us feel guilty. But we knew deep down that if we, by our saying no or putting boundaries in, it would save the pain for them later on. Now, there are some things as your kids get older as teenagers, you might not be able to say no as much as you should and they'll have to learn from their own pain. But we need always to be there for them when they make mistakes. No matter how much advice you give your children, when they come to an age when they no longer listen to you and they go do things that you've told them not to, I want to tell you, you've got to always be there, ready to restore and forgive and to reset their lives, just like our Heavenly Father will do for me and you. 
Never resist your kids and say you never, you're no longer welcome in my home. I want to tell you there is times for, for temporary restriction if your kids are so wild that they're smashing your home up. There is, there, is, there, is, there is time for temporary restriction and protection, but there must be always a heart that you, we love you and we just, we, you'll know how much we care for you, but you're always welcome in our lives. Circumcision is painful. A few more things and I'm going to finish because these are really important. The first is purification. We need God as parents. Number two, our child belongs to the Lord. Consecration and circumcision. Let me tell you, parenthood is very painful at times. Third thing is this, that, that Mary and Joseph, they took their child to Jerusalem. In other words, they made sure they took their children in the right environments. Environment is really important for our children. There are some environments you can't control, like schools or friendships. But I want to tell you, our job is to somehow trying to get them into environments where there's life and hope, just like they brought them to Jerusalem to the temple, like church, like kids' church, like the things where we'll get input to help them grow in Jesus. And so putting our children in the right environments. You know, we'd always say to our kids, where are you going and who are you going with? And if for somehow I was pretty strict as a when their kids were younger, if they were going to an environment where I'm thinking, oh my goodness, it's going to take me months to, to try and get that washed out of their brain, I would go, no, you're not going. Let me take you somewhere else where you can get some positive input into your life and into your heart. And so Mary and Joseph made sure they took their children at times to positive environments. I want to know what environments do we take our children to? Because it will, change, it will definitely affect their walk with God. And then as I come to a close, just two more things. The next thing is it tells us that when Jesus and Mary went into the temple, there was a man there called Simeon. And it says that they placed the hands of Jesus into his hands. Let me tell you something. It's really important whose hands you give your kids to. And sometimes we think if we can just get them in the right class system. Let me tell you something. You need to get your kids in the right character system. People of character. It's not about class. It's about character. When they put in the hands of Simeon, he was a righteous, devout person. And we've got to make sure that we've got some people around our lives who can help us on the journey with our children. You know, Mary and Joseph... Was, was, was trying to live by the word of God. They were going to church in Jerusalem. They were trying to do the right things, but they also needed to have some help in their own lives with the baby Jesus. They placed him into the hands of Simeon. He was an experienced person. He spoke well of the baby, and he also gave them some wisdom. I'm going to say to you, putting our kids into the right people's hands, you know, bad company corrupts good character. Remember loads of times as a young teenager and I would come home and my mum would say, you've been hanging around with that so-and-so again, haven't you? All their hard work that week was ruined by one relationship that I hung out with for an hour and I come back saying stuff just like they did. It's really important of some of the people that we allow some of our kids to hang out with. Now I'm saying you can't stop your kids when they leave your home, but teaching your children of making sure they hook up with right relationships in their lives, people of character, 
who will help them. And also, secondly, in that story, people will help you in your parenting. I am 57, and I'm still asking people, how do I manage the kids? People have experienced, you know, Simeon said something to Mary and Joseph. He said, you know, this is going to be amazing. Your child is amazing. And we want, we want people to speak well of our children. But he said this, but you know something also? Your, your child's going to pierce many hearts, going to bring sorrow to your life. Do you know what we need in the church? You know, if you're a single parent today and you're thinking, well, you know, I haven't got a, a, an extra person to help me in this marriage. We need people who've gone through the pain of parenting to help us on our journey. People that say, you know, this child's broke my heart because none of us have got it all together. And I tell you the stories of families and the kids and the struggle that they're not walking with God and they're causing havoc. We need men and women of God, parents in the church that will say, do you know what? I know what that's like. There's no condemnation. I've had the same thing with my teenagers and I've prayed and I've fasted and I've, I've served the church, but they still are rebellious. But they can identify with your struggle and you take away the shame and say, but I'm going to stand with you and I'm going to help you because I know what it's like to not have perfect kids kids and that's what the church should be not so much how great that we are but that we also identify that we haven't got it right but we with our strengthening one another we know what it's like to be up all night waiting for our child to come home we know what it's like to worry who they're hanging around with we know what it's like to say God will you make sure they do come home tonight I remember as a teenager my mum and my dad I tell you, I wonder if they got any hair left on their head worrying about me, who I would come home with or even ever to come home at all. And if we don't identify with the reality of parenting, we're going to help nobody. Now, we can get the good bits of what we're doing well, but we also can identify with the struggles of what we have to manage in our own lives. We'll bring liberty to people to say, do you know what? I can identify. Will you help me? Will you strengthen me? How do I manage this situation? Will you pray for me in that situation? And not walk around with guilt and shame that you have not made it of the perfect parents. So Mary and Joseph had people in their life could help them. Simeon and Hannah, she prayed and she fasted. You've got our people praying for you. You cannot do this without prayer. Prayer. You know, if you're struggling with some of your kids at home, and you just can't, you're out of control. Let me tell you, they, they can't control prayer. You can. And you can pray and you can fast and you can ask God to arrest them and change them and protect them, knowing that the peace of God will come in your heart when you're worrying at home. And finally, finally, the, the last bit's the hardest. Are you ready for it? And I'm finished. The last bit's the hardest. It says, when they finished, they went back to Nazareth in the words, they had to go home with their children. And it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. Let me tell you something. 90% of your investment with your kids is not, is not actually in a church service. That's 10%. 90% your kids have got to live with you at home. And we've got to try and be a little bit authentic, not religious. Because your kids are not stupid. And you may be here doing all the religious stuff, but what are you like at home? Do you, do you try and be godly at home? Because your kids will see right through you. 
And you are their example, not in church, not on a Sunday, but at home. They are watching you. Whatever you do, they're going to model in the future. You know, this one family went to church one Sunday and the little boy was intensely watching his dad worship. And then the offering time came. And the bucket came past his dad. And his eyes were glued on his dad and he put his hand in his pocket. And he watched his dad put the, off- the money in the offering plate. And as church finished, they were got back in the car. And they were driving home. And the father went, oh, that was a rubbish service. The worship was too loud. The lights were too bright. The preacher went on too long. And the coffee was cold. And the little boy in the back seat said, Daddy. He said, what do you expect for a pound? Your kids are watching you. You will model in your home. You will reap what you sow. And so we're not perfect parents, but I want to tell you, it's really important that you begin to model your Christ-likeness within your home because they had to go home. And you've had your kids dedicated today and we've had amazing worship and you've had a half-decent word, but you have to go home. And you have to try and live out your Christianity in a broken world with kids that are not perfect and parents that are not perfect. But I want to tell you, with God's help and the church, we can do it. With the grace of God and the experience and the hurt of people that's gone before you, we can do it. We can raise better kids. We can help the world out there who have no idea about parenting, that actually there is a better way that we can help you with your mistakes and we haven't got it all together, but we can do it because we have a God that is our Heavenly Father, that His grace is enough to turn our lives around and to help us be the parents that we could never dream that we could ever be. I want to tell you the truth. When, when I got married, I had no responsibility for nothing in my life. My mum and dad paid the bills. They gave me all what I needed. I never had responsibility. And now all of a sudden, I'm married now. I've got kids. How am I going to be a dad and a husband? But let me tell you, because I knew God, And with the grace of God and the help of patience from Linda, God helped me. And with other people with experience, helped me to be a father that I didn't know what, how to be. And if you're in this place today, I'll tell you you have a heavenly father that loves you. And if you're in this place and you know you've messed up in your life, God can forgive you and give you a brand new start in your life. And whatever you need can help you and turn it around for good. And if you're in this place and you're a parent, you think I've failed as a parent, I want to tell you, do not leave with that failure over your life. Because we're in this together. And you can have help to navigate some of the mistakes and be a better parent. And with the grace of God, God can invest in your family and invade your household and bring miracles out of chaos. Let's stand together as I pray for you today. Purification, we need God. Consecration, you've got to give your, God's to, your kids to God. Circumcision, it's painful as a parent. Making sure they put them in right environments and hands of right people. And then finally, we've got to go home. But you're going home not on your own. You're going home with the presence of God in your life and the Word of God and the people of God that can help us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every family that's here, every child that's been dedicated, everyone online right now. 
Lord, there's all sorts of needs happening in people's lives. Minds are going right now. Hearts are going. God, you're speaking to people all over this place and in different ways of their life, taking people back in history, showing glimpses of what happened in their childhood and things that have happened in their family. You're working so much all over, one time in different places. Lord, there is people with feelings of failure and guilt and shame. Lord, and I pray right now as, we, as I begin to talk, you begin to shift and move the shame and the blame and give them hope, Lord, that they can do, they can manage these children, they can manage this family, they can manage this marriage. Whatever they face is with your help as a heavenly father and with the people of God through experience and failure and good things and bad that we can get through this week. We thank you, Lord, that we serve a God that is real and relevant and alive today that wants to invest in our right now. And encourage you, you're going on with the help of God and with the church right behind you as we prayed to commit to helping the families. It's not just lip service, but I want to tell you that people have experienced in this place the pain of parenting and also the joys of it. No matter who you are right now, you can make it. And so if you're in this place or you're online, you say, do you know what? I don't know what's happening in my life right now, but it's parenting or my life, but something's going on. You need God. The first place is purification. Everyone in this place needs God. You say, Lord, I need, I need to forgive me. I need to change some things at home. Then you do that right now with God's help. You say, wow, I realize that some of those actions at home that are helping my kids, then I want you to say, Lord, forgive me afresh and help me have a brand new today. I'm going to change the way I speak. I'm going to change the way I act. For certain things I can't model to my kids anymore. And just gently right now, you just say, Lord, I just need you to come into my heart and my life. I need to know I have a heavenly Father. As I sat thinking about the service today on the seat, and I'm closed in a second, I was there thinking about the service, and I was had a few pressures on my mind, a few anxieties, thinking about just things, life. And I realized about the child dedication, I just thought about, well, do you know what? I'm also a child of God. And I begin to say, Heavenly Father, you know what I'm feeling, what I'm trying to manage. Lord, will you take it from me? Listen, I'm not too old or too big to rely on help from God. And I tell you, something begin to lift from me. So I want to say to you today, you can't do it on your own. So I pray for everyone in this place right now. And if you need to invite God into your heart, just say, Lord, I need you to help me. Come into my heart and life. I want to live your way. My hand is in yours right now. I pray for my family, my children, far off or near, broken or well, made it or not made it. And Lord, I also pray as we come to a close, if there's restoration needs to be done between parent and children, then let miracles happen all over this place and online. Children and parents and hostility. Father, I ask you to bring peace in the home. Bring reconciliation, Lord, with those children that's far off and distant. Do a work in our hearts what you need to do, Lord. Pray over every household in this place. Every single parent, pray over your life to say to you, you're not alone. No matter what you are struggling right now, you can do it. You can make it. Heavenly Father, when you bring life and hope in the name of Jesus.